Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Yisro. Yisro begins with a well-known medrash Rashi brings. It's a machilta. What does Yisro hear? Rashi says either Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, or Mechemes Amalek, the war of Bnei Yisrael and Amalek, which is the very end of the previous Parsha. And if everything is going sequentially, that is what we would expect. Kriyas Yamsuf was also in Parsha's Peshalach. The Medrash that Rashi is quoting is a Mechilta, and there is a third opinion there, and that has to do with the giving of the Torah. And the idea, I believe, is that when the, giving, when the Torah was given, the world was aware of it. They, they thought there was going to be some sort of apocalypse, Armageddon. And uh, that is similarly said when it comes to the Kriyas Yamsuf, as though the world could hear it. It was heard, Misofa Olam Va'ad Sofa is what it says. So maybe there's a question about what would Yisrael have known? Was it something that was immediately preceding that he would have known about? Or is it something that had um, reverberations in, and the civilized world, the known world, would have been talking about it? If Yisro comes after Harsinai, then we might have this question of why the Torah chooses to put Yisro's arrival here, before Maimon Harsina, before the receiving of the Torah. Rashi <clears throat> doesn't specifically mention Matan Torah at this point. There's a Gemara in Zvachim, the last parak, where the first this first Medrash is mentioned as well, and as Machlokas, whether he came before or after. However, if one goes to the beginning of the second Taliyah, and it was on the morning after Moshe to judge the nation. Moshe sat to judge the nation. And they stood there. The nation. All Moshe If they were there from morning until till evening. Rashi on this verse says that the Maharas is not maybe the day after Yisrael came. It is the day after Yom Kippur. And he says that is a sifri. So what does it mean? Mimacharas, lamacharas, ridaso minahar, when he comes down from the mountain. And in Rashi says, it is impossible to say that it is any other day besides the day after Yom Kippur. Because before Matan Torah, Rashi says, it is impossible for them to have, for Moshe to say, vahodati eschuke. He says, I tell, I tell the people, Hashem's um, chukim, the laws, Mishanas the Torah. Once the Torah was given on Yom Kippur, Shvuas, I guess, to Yom Kippur. Lo Yeshev Moshe Lishvod as Am. He never sat to judge the nation. Sharei, why do we know this? Because forty days when he was on Harsini, he comes down on Shivasar Batamuz, the Shiber Asaluchos, and he breaks the Luchos then. And Lamachar Allah Bahashkami goes up the next morning. Veshalash Monim Yom, and he's there for eighty days. Veir Beyom Kippur, and he comes down on Yom Kippur. Rashi says, Ain Parshasu Kasuva Kaseder. Therefore, it's not in order. Shalonemar Vehimi Macharas Ad Shanashnia. Therefore. We must be referring to the second year after the Divrahi Omer Yisro Kodim Matan Torah, but even according to the other Manda Amr that he came before the giving of the Torah, Shilucho El Arzo, the sending of Yisro to his land, Lohaya El that is only in the second year, 
because it says at the end of this section, Moshe sends his father-in-law away, and when the Degolim traveled in Parshas Baha'aloscha, in Bamidbar, in the second year, it says, um, Moshe tells them, no simonachtu, elamakam, we're going to the Shem's place, and al not azov, osana, don't leave us. So, then Rashi says, maybe if Yisra comes to Mat and Torah, and he sent him away, and he, where do we see that he ever came back? So that's why she says, no, it's only one time. So no matter what, part of the Yisro story, which is Perik Yudches, B'nai Yisrael will come to Har uh, Sinai following this Perik, the first three aliyahs of the Parsha, 27 Sukkim, a chunk of it, and perhaps all of it, is really really out of order. So, why would that be? What does the Torah want us to know? So, perhaps, we can take a few different lessons. And maybe these lessons are things that are universal enough that they apply even before the Torah is given. There's a Maharal Nagur Aryeh on this Rashi that tries to figure out why it is that one of these miracles wasn't enough. Maybe even the miracles of the Makos and Mitzrayim. And he says that the Makos and Mitzrayim are not anything as a complete whole. They're all parts. He says Pratim, the idea of different powers. But he says the idea of Kriyas Yamsuf is described as the Yad Hashem. So there is more of a complete thing. A complete display of Hashem's power. And not just one force out there. But maybe that isn't sufficient because that is only Hashem in the lower realms. See, so he says when you get to Amalek, there is a altering of the of the day. The sun doesn't set right away. The Maharal says that now you see Hashem not just in the in the lower realms, but even in the Shemaim, even in the upper realms, and perhaps. That still isn't enough. And perhaps according to the third Manda Amr, you would need it to be even the idea of Maimon Harsina, that Hashem controls everything. You can have different celestial powers, perhaps. But this one, there's no question about the totality of its power in all ways. That's what the Maharal says. If we plug this Maharal back into the opening Rashi, the words of the opening Rashi, Vayishma Yisro. Yisro heard, Rashi says, What did he hear that caused him to come? And the Sif Sehachamim adds, Nisorer Lavo. Right? A certain inspiration. Maybe the lesson here is that we are all presented with things that wow us, things that inspire us, things that move us. And what do we do with it? Yisro came. Whichever level of inspiration, perhaps you're going to say, was what actually forced him to come, Yisro came. Yisro acted on it. And we're talking at the outset of, of um, Maimon Harsinai. You can have giving of the Torah, divine revelation, everybody sees it. And that's something that we like to keep with us to this day, that Judaism makes a claim that Hashem revealed himself to an entire nation. 
There's not a claim that any other religion makes. And that is what the Kuzari says, is how you know the Torah is in fact, uh, the Judaism is in fact the true religion. Because we make a claim that nobody else can make, and this is a claim that wouldn't, wouldn't last if it was made up. But how does that impact us? Do we operate today knowing that that truth, does it inspire us? Does it make us come and do the right thing like Yisro does? Perhaps that's one idea as to why the idea of Yisro coming, whatever he exactly came, perhaps he didn't come before Maimon Harsinai, certainly part of the story is not before Maimon Harsinai, but an idea we're going to take is that we need to remember that inspiration can be fleeting and we have to act on it so that it is not fleeting. Second possibility is specifically if it's going to be Yisro's suggestion about the courts that Moshe doesn't have to do everything. The idea that we toyed with last year, this idea of the focus on justice and the focus on how justice is going to be meted out, meted out efficiently and effectively. There is a Mishnah, in the first parak of Perkei Avos, towards the end of the first parak, it sounds somewhat similar to a much more famous Mishnah in the first parak. On three things the world stands, Al Hadin, Val HaEmes, Ve'al HaShalom. Shanem Emes, it says, Emes, Mishpat Shalom, Shiftu b'sharecham, truth, justice, peace. You should judge in your gates. So three things that cause the world to stand: judgment and truth, and peace. This is the last mission of the first parak. is a little different than I think it's the second or third Mishnah in the beginning of the Masechta. Second Mishnah: Shloshet Devarim Ha'Olam Omeid Al Torah Val Vodav Al Gemilas Chasadim. Right, what the world stands is Torah, Avoda, which is usually Tefillah, and Gemilas Chasadim. The version that I just read from has the word olam, but I think a lot of the Mepharshim have the word kayim, is how the world um, lasts. And the idea is that we're looking at in the later Mishnah, the question of how society keeps going. And in the first Mishnah, it's talking about the world standing from a metaphysical perspective. The idea we can have a Torah. And it's important to have the Torah. It's important to have davening. It's important to have Gemilas Chasadim and the world won't exist without it. But once the once those things are in place, right, the society is not going to function without Din and Mishpat and Emes. And these are the things that Yisro is focused on when suggesting the court system to Moshe. So perhaps again, the other idea of before we get the Torah, like we can give you the Torah, Hashem can do everything, Hashem can lay it out for us, just as he did with all the miracles and Parsha's Bo and Bishalach. But how do we act? How do we make sure that we use it and don't squander it? And finally, 
Yisro is not Jewish. He's not the only non-Jew to have a Parsha named after him. Noah and Balak come to mind. But Yisro comes and Yisro joins. Yisro is able to add a section to the Chumash, as Rashi says. One of the names he goes by is Yeser. He makes an acknowledgement that Hashem is, is better. And he highlights the idea of Mida Keneged Mida. Yisro can serve as a recognition that Hashem is for everyone. It says that Hashem tries to offer the Torah to all the nations of the world before it's given to Bnei Israel. And they all reject it for one reason or another based on the specific challenges that those nations may have. They conclude the Torah is not for them. And Bnei Israel ultimately says, Nasa Venishma. So it is true that if there's a chosen nation, it is the Jewish people. But that doesn't mean that the rest of the world is excluded. We'll take a convert. We're not looking for converts per se. We don't try to proselytize. But we are arms wide open. Yisrael doesn't stay. Maybe he converts in some capacity. But we don't have Yisrael descendants that we do know about, we talk about the same way. But the universal nature of Yisrael, and if we think that Hashem created the world and the Jewish people are the ones that are going to try to fulfill His mission for the world, but the obligation on us is to be that light unto nations, the Orlegayim. And once again, at the outset, it seems quite, quite appropriate. We're going to have Open for all. Deirim want to come. Yisrael wants to come. No problem. And it's an important message. It says that Harsina, it's a medrash. Harsina is, is called such because there's a certain sinna. Once you have the chosen nation, maybe the, some of the nations of the world do not, uh, do not like us as much. And that is unfortunate. But again, we're supposed to remember, in spite of that, that um, we're here for the whole world. And we are open towards the whole world. And if they want to come uh, seek some sort of guidance or conversion, that is what we are supposed to do. So certain universal lessons that come from Yisro, the idea of taking inspiration, the idea of making sure that we have judgment in the world, fight against that corruption, which can manifest itself in many ways, and also this idea that we are open and there are certain there could be universal things that apply to the whole world even if the 613 mitzvahs are only uh, for B'nai Yisrael with that I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos thank you for listening see you next time